Look at your neighbors say, I would be the best looking person in here if it weren't for you. Come on, tell them. If it weren't for you, you may be seated. Father, we just thank you this day. What an awesome day. We love Pastor Cliff. What a mighty man of God. And we know that honor works this way. As we honored, we're being honored. We ask you, Lord God, just to show up in this place today. Do something that only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There was a little bird that moved from Wilson, North Carolina to Ohio. Uh, the little bird got directionally challenged. It was supposed to go south. It went north and ended up in Ohio in the winter and was on a limb and froze. <laughs> Fell off the limb like a little block of ice. And, and fortunately for it, a cow came by. And as the cow walked over it, it just dropped a big old fresh hot, steamy cow patty on it. It was horrible at first, but then all of a sudden, it's like it started to thaw out. It started to feel this. And I was like, man, that's like life. And it, but it's so, it stuck in that quagmire, that murk, and it got its head out, and it started crying for help, 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 help. And a cat heard it. A cat came and dug it out, and when it dug it out, then it ate it, just like that. Story over. So what's the moral of the story? Uh, everything that digs you out isn't your friend, and everything that dumps on you is not your enemy. <laughs> and when I think of that story, I think of Pastor Cliff, because he is one of the truest people I know that will tell you the truth, whether it hurts or not. Amen. Because when it comes to being changed and transformed, a little bit of hurt, a little bit of pain actually is the way, that's the vehicle to your next level. Amen. And so we thank you, Pastor Cliff. You're a mighty man. And I went around, I'm, I'm going to do what I think Pastor Cliff would want me to do. I was actually borrowing his glasses. I was looking for things everywhere. I got them somewhere. Um, called Drew this morning, and, you know, and I had plenty of time to give him notes and all of that good stuff, but, um, but I, I changed this message 18 times, I bet. So I believe that this is a word for you. So let's just receive right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, open this word to us. Reveal this word to us. Open the understanding of our hearts. Let us see, Lord, through your eyes. Let us be changed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Psalms 105. Verse 15 through 19 says, saying, touch not my anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Amen. I, I imagine if you could really see it with spiritual eyes when Pastor Cliff goes home and takes his shirt off, I, I'm sure there's bullet shots in it. If you could see with spiritual eyes, and, and probably a lot of those bullet holes are in the back. Amen. He said, touch not mine anointed, do my prophets no harm. Moreover, he, speaking of God, called for a famine upon the land. He broke the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them. So God's working something out behind the scenes. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron until, somebody say until, until, the time that his word came. 
the word of the Lord tried him until the time that his word came. I'm going to share a few things, a few thoughts, and, and it might be a little bit different. Pastor Cliff's such a great minister and orator. But tonight, first of all, I mean today, I'm going to share notes with you, okay? I'm just going to share, and I was given these this morning. So here's what I do. I'll just tell you one of the ways that I do. Uh, I get my phone out. Don't act like you don't have a phone. Some of you are on it right now. Get your phone out. And what I do is when I see a good note or a good point, I take a picture of it. Anybody else do that kind of thing? Because then you can look at it later, and it will all make sense. So I'm going to give you just a few of these today. And uh, you'll see how these, these deal not only with the church body, with, but with our pastor, who we love and admire. Um, the, I'm going to give you four of these real fast, okay? Just consider yourself in a teaching setting. Uh, number one is this. Have, have you got it up there? A God who says no knows the consequences of a yes. A God who says, I don't see cameras out, but I, I guess you guys got better memories than me. A, guy, a God who says no. In other words, there are some things in your life that God's not going to allow you to have because you don't know the consequence of a yes. It even happened to Jesus when he said, let this cup pass from me. Can you imagine if God said, okay, you're faithful, you're obedient, you're my son. Let this cup pass. That means none of us got salvation. A God who says no over your life understands the consequences of a yes. God is faithful. God is good. God can be trusted. Amen. God is beyond our recognition and, and more than we could quantify. And not understanding the no's in our life sometimes has to do with not understanding what due season means. That God will work everything out in a due season, in a right season that it's going to work out. Number two is this. This is good for everybody, especially if you're in business. The currency of influence is trust. You, that's how you buy it. That's how you get trust. Uh, that's how you, the currency of influence, that's how you get influence. It's, it's somebody that will trust in you. I give Pastor Cliff and Lisa a great hand just because they're trustworthy. I hope he never loses his mind and, and spills the beans because he's got a lot on all of us. The currency of influence is trust. Alexander the Great said, I wake so you can sleep. I wake. A good shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. I wake. I stay awake. I, I go through this. Some of you know this through your children. You take care of your children. Some of you, some of you adults need new shoes but your children get the new shoes, right? They get the, the new shoes before you need them. The currency of influence is trust. Number three, criticism is the price of leadership. Criticism is the price of leadership. If you're going to lead anything, you can't lead anything and be everybody's friend. If you're going to lead something, you're going to be criticized. If you're going to stand for light in a context of darkness, you're going to be shot at. I know this all too well. So if criticism is the price of leadership, if you can't handle criticism, you can't be a leader. All right? You can't be a leader. Criticism is the price 
of leadership. Aristotle said, you want to avoid criticism? Say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. You want to avoid criticism? Criticism is going to come. And as pastors, you know, we, we all get thrown in the same barrel. So any, any pastor that fails, we've all failed, right? Any pastor that breaks trust, we've all broke trust. And there's been some crazy pastors out there. There's been some crazy messengers that call themselves messengers of good. Amen? I mean, I've been through some services. I'm 53 years old, and I grew up in, I'm fourth generation pastor. So I've, I've seen a lot. I, was, I took my men to a, an event one time, and it, it got so crazy, the offering. It, all, it, it, it seems to, you know, it comes, hits home right there. And uh, they were just, it was like they were grabbing everybody by the ankles and turning them upside down, shaking every penny out of them. And the minister was a big, you know, <laughs> do you want a $100 miracle or a $1,000? I, I listened to that stuff. And I apologized to every man on that row. And they said, are you going to give? I said, I'll give to a homeless person before I, give, before I do this. I, 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 I won't do it. I did, you know, and, and they drained that place. In life, you'll find there are people that are gainers and drainers. There are people that will gain and add to your life, and there are people that will take away. And they drained that place till almost everybody but my little humble row sat it there. And it was like, I'm not trying to make a show. You're the one who's making it. So obvious, it's like, you know, so if you've been privy to that, God bless you. I hope, I hope God honored your gift, but I'll tell you this, you got ripped off. I can give you that same miracle for $19.99. You got <laughs> ripped off. <laughs> and if you act now, <laughs> I might throw in something else. <laughs> Criticism is the price of leadership. Somebody say amen. amen. Number four. Number four. If serving is beneath you, leadership is beyond you. Amen. If you're too big to do little things, you're too little to get big things from God. Amen. Before God gives you authority, God's going to set you under authority. Four got me out this morning. But this is what I felt like was the word for this house. And so I'm just going to walk through this slowly. Joel chapter 2, verse 23. I'm going to read something for you this morning. And listen, if, if you want God to do something powerful in your life today, just say, this word's for me. Come on, just begin to say it. This word's for me. Just say it out loud. This word's for me. Joel chapter 2, verse 23 says this. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. What God is saying is, I'm going to correct everything. I'm going to fix everything. You know, I'm, I'm going to put everything that, that you have not seen, I'm going to bring everything into perspective. See, rain represents the Holy Spirit. And God said everything, the former, former rain, everything that happened in Acts chapter 2, everything happened in the Old, Old Testament, New Testament, and then you, the New Testament. He said, I'm going to bring all those things together. You'll get everything they had and more. Tell your neighbor, and more. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the vat shall overflow with wine and oil. That just means one thing, blessing, 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 overflow. And I will... This is something that is, that is uh, commonly 
used in the wrong way. I want God's will, God's will, God's will. This is God's will. This is God speaking. This is God saying, this is my will. I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall in, eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. My people shall never be ashamed. My people shall never be ashamed. That's God's will. If you came in here with shame or condemnation, listen, you're outside of the will of God. My people shall never be ashamed. I want to just spend just a few minutes, and, and we honor our pastor, Pastor Cliff. Lisa, Lisa, you are amazing. You are an amazing pastor's wife. I just watch you. You're just, you're just something to behold. You, you are a wonder. You are a, you are a wonderful woman. But I want to share with your congregation today about restoration. Is that okay with you guys? Restoration. Restoration is the action of returning, by definition, returning something to its former owner, place, or condition. It's the return. It's also the return of a hereditary monarch. It's the return of a hereditary monarch. Did you know that you are children of a king? Did you know that the earth is, you know, you're, people are too ready to give it all to the devil. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world, they that dwell therein. This belongs to God. You're part of, mon- your father is the king. And you're part of that. And so why do you live like a pauper? Your father is a king. You don't have to live in poverty and brokenness because he's come to heal and to restore. Restoration is for you. Healing of your body is for you. Deliverance is for you. Living in freedom is for you. It's been paid for. It's been purchased. It's not because you were good. Tell your neighbor it's not because you were good. It's because he's good. Amen? It's his goodness. 1874 in America was called the year of the locust. Look it up. You can Google it. Not now, but later. It's called the year of the locust. And I didn't even know this until I started reading all of this, but uh, the locusts came through the Midwest and all the way up through Kansas and the Plains areas, um, Kansas, Dakota, Oklahoma, just went all through there, 100 miles wide, thousands of miles. They took a swatch out of America, just took everything green. They destroyed stuff. That was in 1874. That was before we had the pesticides and all the things we had. Farmers would come together and they would try to uh, burn them out and, and to no avail. They couldn't do it. There were so many because they reproduced so fast. They couldn't do it. They couldn't get them to stop. And they would come in dark waves and take everything. If they could find a crack, if anything, any, any way they could get in, they would get into a house <clears throat> they would destroy that home if they could get into a, you know, they would take clothes off of people's backs. Literally, everything that was green. I was reading an old article, and it was a woman who had green stripes in her, took every green stripe off of her dress. He, think about this. It's something to think about. Green, green represents life. 
The enemy has sent something to take the life out of your family, to take the life out of your church, to take the life out of your marriage, to devour everything that had life. In fact, so many died during that time that there were epitaphs, there were, there were, there were uh, tombstones, and, the, and they would say, ate everything. One, one man said, ate everything but the mortgage. Ate everything but the mortgage. Funny, but not funny. <clears throat> but many of the tombstones said, starved to death. Starved to death. So when they would come through, they just ate everything that could be eaten. But not only when they eat everything like that, they, they eat the seed. You understand what a seed is? Seed is next year's. Seed belongs to next year. That's why when we give, we're, we're, we're placing seed in ground. The Bible says some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. You, 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 you can count a seed, the seeds in an orange. You know, open up an orange. There might be eight seeds in there, but you can't count the oranges in a seed. That's the way a seed works. But when you get in that poverty mindset, you begin to eat your own seed. And not only did they eat and devastate this crop, there's crop failure, but they devastated the next crop, the next harvest. And this is the thing that I saw spiritually. I saw this, but it's like the same thing you went through. It's not Job, but now it's Jeff. It's, a, it's like the same thing, but it's just reproduced. It comes back around. It comes in a different form, in a different fashion. And I saw, I, I saw something here, and I thought God gave me something in the middle of this. Because when God speaks, you know, God, God is a God of, of, of order, and he, he has such higher intelligence than us that we see things sometimes, we just pass right by it. But God said, I will restore the years that the locust hath eaten. But do you know he's specific? And he tells us that there are four different types of locusts here. Other translations call them this. I'm going to put them up. Okay, guys, put those up. They're called the swarming locust. Just say it with me. Swarming locust, crawling locust, consuming locust, and chewing locust. Now, I want to minister to you, okay? The swarming locusts were the locusts that would come in, and they were called literally, quote, unquote, the darkness. They would cloud out the sky that you could see nothing but the locusts. They're called the darkness. The Apostle Paul said, I'm troubled on every side, yet not distressed, perplexed, but not despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. He said, I got knocked down, but I didn't get knocked out. I got knocked down, but I didn't get knocked out. I, I, I survived. I made it. And Paul said, I've been in a place where I was troubled on every side. Have you ever been troubled on every side? I mean, it comes, it comes through finances. And when finances are through, it comes through health. We see that in the life of Job. You know, read the first few chapters of Job. You'll see that, that I call it a point of convergence where the enemy finds one place. You know, like down here you have these five-way stops. You know, where, where everything comes to this one place. Job is here, and, and a messenger, the Bible said, comes, opens up the door, says, Job, all, all of your fields have burned. They're, they're gone. All, all of your, your, your animals are destroyed. And the Bible says it like this. It says, while he was yet speaking. Think about that. Point of convergence. In other words, he doesn't even get to tell all of the devastation, what has just happened. While he was yet speaking, another messenger comes in. And they said, hey, they've taken all of your camels. Enemies have come and they've stolen, robbed everything. And then the scripture said, while he was yet speaking, 
They come in and said, oh, your children are, are dead. There are winds and, 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 and cataclysmic events. Your children, while he was, that's a point of convergence. That's how the enemy comes in, like a point of convergence. He just, you think, well, that's just a little thing, but he keeps coming on all directions, on all sides. God said, I will restore the years that the locust ate. Now, I'm, I'm going to deal with the disconnect because I know what it is. A lot of us would not want to go back to 1985. A lot of us, y'all are quiet in here, wouldn't want to go back to the old wife or the old husband. And you say, you can't fathom that because it's a disconnect. I don't understand restoring the years. Let me help you. God's not going to restore the years. He's not going to restore a calendar year. What God is going to restore is the harvest of that year. You might have been in failure. You might have been, you might have been the problem. More than likely, most of us were sometime or another. But God didn't say, I'm going to restore years, because he immediately says, he talks about the harvest that was eaten. That the locust ate. In other words, there are years, at the end of the year, you didn't get that year's harvest. Now, I'm not speaking to somebody. I'm speaking to everybody. At the end of that year, you didn't get 2016's harvest. Or at the end of 2003, you didn't get the harvest that came at the end of that year. God said, I will restore the harvest that the enemy ate. I'm going to bring it all back. The swarming harvest comes in, clouds out everything. You don't talk right. You don't act right. You get beside yourself. Worst company you'll ever keep is when you're beside yourself. You say stuff, you get irrational, you, you know, it's just crazy, crazy, crazy. My wife has helped me through a lot of crazy. I'm going to be honest, she has helped me through a lot, especially in the last two years. Second one was the crawling locust. These were little, these were little guys, small. This is all stages and developments of the locust. These little, little locusts are young and they got a lot of energy. And they crawl in. It could be seduction, something that you, you didn't think would happen, but it just, it just crawled in, it slept, it's, you know, kind of creeped in. Crawling locust, it just creeps in. In other words, it's in your home before you know it. You, you, first of all, you're just watching a few movies, and then you, you just change your rating a little bit. Say, I'm more mature. I can handle this. Hey, I'm an adult, so I could watch something that says adult on it. And then the next thing you know, you're in a bonafide there because something got through the radar. It, it, it slipped in. You know, Cain and Abel, just to give you a reference, God spoke to Cain, who later kills his brother, but he says to him, he says, you don't have to sin. He said, you don't have to fail. Did y'all know God said this to him? He said, sin's lying at your door. You come out your door every morning. He said, you could trip over it right there. He said, sin, this is the way God said it. He said, sin is crouching at your door. If you'll just do what's right. That's what God said to Cain. God did not reject Cain. He rejected his offering. He said, sin's right there crouching. You know why, why cats of prey crouch? You know why they crouch? To make themselves look smaller. They sneak up on you. It's nothing. It's nothing. You know. It's just, you know, it, it, this is legal in a lot of states in America. Right? It's, it's just nothing. 
It's nothing. Well, to drunkenness, drinking to drunkenness is what the Bible forbids. It's, It's like, well, it's nothing. It's nothing. But if you've had a problem there before, or if that's ever taken you to a place that you didn't think that would take you, don't blame it on the alcohol anymore. Blame it on the person that's drinking the alcohol. It's just a little thing, though. It's just a little thing. It's just creeping. The crawling locust. Then there's the consuming locust. Consuming locusts. These come in and they just take everything. The Bible actually says it like this. It says it in chapter 1. It says what this one left, the other one took. What this one left, the other one. The consumer comes and takes everything. It's greedy. It's merciless. It, it comes and takes everything. Let me help you here. Locusts are grasshoppers. That's what locusts are. They're grasshoppers. That's why everything changed with John the Baptist. You know it changed because God uses it as a reference point. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. From John the Baptist, you know what John the Baptist did to a locust? It's lunchtime. <laughs> and I mean, people are looking. That's not common because people are like, look, he eats locusts. God needs to raise up some locust eaters in here. Locusts are grasshoppers. And so they can fly, but they can't fly too far. They can just fly enough. And consumes, it takes it. It lives like a consumer. This pastor is a consumer. Well, he hasn't done it. I need a fresh word. I need somebody to give me some. But if you tell them the truth, listen, that's how you, I'm submissive. No, you're submissive until somebody tells you to do something you don't want to do. You're a consuming locust. And the bad thing is, is your wings aren't that good. So you're not just going to fly away. See, locusts are hoppers. Hop, 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 hop. Come on, North Carolina. This doesn't just happen in Ohio. Hop, hop, hop. And the bad thing is their wings aren't that good, so they're still just right over there. You wish they would get way far away, but they're just right over there. When you go to the restaurant, you'll see them today. Takers. Hoppers. I don't know. I'm going to work through this word because God gave it to me. And number four is chewing locust. Chewing locust. They, uh, they finish off everything. They, they, they take their time. They gnaw at it. You, this could represent time. Like, Lord, I've been serving you all these years, and I still I haven't received or still it hasn't changed. I've been praying. It chews at you. It, it can be doubts, it can be fears, it can be inferiority. It, it, like, I don't see why. I don't understand why. It just chews at you. It, it can show up in comparison. In comparison. You know, I've had a problem with that as, because everything I've ever done I was, in, in sports and everything, I, I was driven, you know, to accomplish. So I looked at accomplishment almost as like the bar. Like, if I do this, if the church gets this size, if we get to this size, you know, we had 1,600 at Easter. If we get to this size, then, then, you know, and I found out I'm so wrong. I'm so confused. I'm so messed up because that was, that was all about pride. That was pride-based. That wasn't doing what God wanted me to do, you know. And then you lose a couple hundred people. 
They walk away from you. And you realize, what did I really build in all of that time? What did I really invest in? Or did I just put out a good show? Here's a good production. Come on, guys. You know, I draw the curtain, close the curtain, draw the curtain, close the curtain. And at the end of the day, it just chews at you. It, it wears you out. It, 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 it chews at you. Comparison is horrible. And if you finally get deliverance over a comparison of somebody else and their business or, or some other lady and, and the way she looks and what she has going for her or somebody's education you don't have, if you get past the comparison of others, because we always see their highlight reel compared to our bloopers, right? We don't see the whole story. We just see the best of it. If you get past the comparison of others, you've got to deal with the comparison of yourself. Where would I be if they hadn't have left me? Or where would I be if they hadn't have hurt me? Or where would I be if they'd invested in me like they're investing in that? Where would I be now? Now the compare that chews at you. Chews at you. Chews at you. I'm going to parallel and just, just close like this. I'm going to put it all together. At the beginning, I read a scripture in Psalms 105. It comes from Genesis. It talks about Joseph. Joseph had something going for him. And it was called the favor of a father. And his father adorned him with a colorful jacket. Some say colorful. Some... The actual word is manifold, many folds. In other words, it had pleats, manifold. Represents the manifold grace of God. It's like when you think you've exhausted it, then he opens it up and says, no, it's bigger than that. If you cut all the pleats out of something like that, it would be bigger than you can imagine. The manifold and Joseph was, and, 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 and the distinction was the colors that it had these these different colors and this diversity and see when I come to Wilson praise and worship this is what I love about this church I've always thought this is the most diverse church this is the most diverse church because you 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 are not you are not what Fox News portrays you are not what CNN portrays you are not what MSNBC portrays you you are you are people of different cultures of different socioeconomic status you all come together to serve God that's a beautiful thing I'm telling you I'm praying for my church because that's a beautiful thing and that's not something that just happens that's a gift from daddy The color of this church is a gift from daddy. It's the honor that he bestowed upon this son. And believe me, the other sons hated it. In fact, it tells us something about anger and hate and malice because the Bible said they hated him. Then it says, and they hated him the more, which tells us there are different levels of hate. Because a hater is going to hate, 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 right? <laughs> well, what do you do? haters be hating but the hate the brothers they conspired they got together they swarmed are there they swarmed there's 10 of them big boys joseph's young he's the number 11 son 10 of them 
They swarm. They plot. They think, how, how will we destroy him? Listen to me. Listen to me. I want to give you peace. I want you to know this. You're not the enemy's treat. You're his threat. And he plans. He strategizes ways to destroy you. That's why all this stuff keeps coming from every angle. Because you are powerful. You're not pitiful. You are powerful. You are powerful. And your father's love is upon you. And so they swarmed together and they said, we know what we'll do. We'll, we'll kill. That's their plan. Kill him. Just kill him. One stands up, says, don't kill him. They throw him in a pit, an old well. It's dark. See the darkness. They swarm. The darkness. See the sun only for a brief moment of the day. See, that's what the, the locusts do. They block out the sun. When you can't see God's favor over your life, all you see is the negativity. All you do, that's what you project. That's what you say. You know, your attitude. Your attitude is, is, is more powerful than your words. Your attitude. Your attitude tells us the true you. It tells us what you're really feeling. That's your attitude. Your attitude's like a flat tire. Tell your neighbor it's like a flat tire. You're going nowhere till you change it. That's a good point. That was worth the $19.99 right there. They swarmed. They thought they would kill him. But the Bible says in Psalms 105, God sent him ahead. See, like you, you might send a, a daughter off to college. You got her all ready, got the sweatshirt, got her bags, got her, her, her bedding and everything. You're sending her off. This is what God said. This is God's send-off. I'm going to get your brothers to hate you so much. And they're going to throw you in a well. And they're going to act like they're going to want to kill you. You know, they're frothing at the mouth. They want to kill you. But then you're going to be sold like a slave. God sent Joseph ahead whose feet were hurt in fetters. They've got him manacled. They've got him chained up. Everywhere in that, that Bible in Genesis where it says the account of Joseph, look at every chapter. It says four words God was with him. It always says that. Well, he was in the pit, but God was with him. Let me tell you this morning, listen, look at your neighbor and say, God's with you. God's with you. God's with you. God's with you. Hey, if you haven't heard, if God before me. So then he goes into a man's house and everywhere he went, the Bible said, I, I loved when they were talking about Pastor Cliff last night and talking about how, how his work ethic and how he'll work, work, work. And we saw that, you know, two days ago at that, that, that fun time we had here. But the Bible said of Joseph said everything that was done, he was the doer of it. Everything that is done, he was the doer of it. Listen, especially young men, women, you go out into the workplace, you let your boss see everything that needs to be done, I'm the doer of it. Amen. He was the doer of it. There's Potiphar's wife. She doesn't come once. She does that continually. Because the Bible talks about that, how that she does that continually. She's trying, it's, it's, not, it's not the one-time temptation, it's the, it's the gradual, day by day, day by day, day by day, crawling, crawling, creeping. 
I don't feel good about myself, but she makes me feel good about myself. Little bit by little bit, she's pulling, pulling, pulling. And all she wants is your mantle. You know, my little daughter, Chloe, she's lost like four jackets this school year. But nobody's lost more jackets than, than Joseph. Look at it. Everywhere he goes, they take him. They strip him everywhere he goes. She grabs his jacket, claims rape. He gets put in prison. It's not over. He's in prison. And even there, he's promoted. Because promotion doesn't belong to the devil. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. The Bible said promotion comes from God. Everywhere he's at, he's promoted. Come on, say it. I'm promoted. I'm promoted. I'm promoted. Boss can't handle that. Boss, that he has nothing to do with that. Promotion comes from God. Promotion comes from God. And even in prison, Matt. Anybody seen Matt? Yeah, I saw him. He had the keys. Gave him the keys to the prison. Join up to him. Butler, Baker, they use him, consume him. They want his gift. Explain this to us. Tell us this. They might not like it, but he tells it. Yeah, you're going to die. You're going to die. I'm going to talk to him because, you know, you're no use to me. You're going to die. He, he actually does die. The baker dies. Just like he said, the butler, he said, oh, oh yeah, it won't be long. They're going to take you right out of here real fast. He said, when they take you right out of here, they're going to take you right to the king. You're going to be right beside him. You're going to hand him his cup. And he said, don't forget me. Don't forget. You know, this is one of those things that hurts when the consumers come. They take, 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 take. You give, 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 because that's what you do. You give, you give, give, give. Then you go back and think, man, all they did was take. They took. They left. And they forgot. Then you go down to never got a call, never got noticed. Nobody knocked on his door. Nobody. It, it took everything. It took, it took the last, last thing that could happen that it, somebody's got to, to, to tell this dream. If nobody tells this dream, everybody's going to die. Then all of a sudden the butler's like, oh, wait, I think I remember somebody. But it will gnaw at you. Randy, Cindy Godwin, Cindy Godwin, you know, loyalty. I said to Pastor Cliff, is going to be the shortest line in heaven. It's loyalty. I want to be in that line. Do you want to be in that line? Those who have been loyal. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. This is a pastor's pastor the same place for 22 years. Started it with 12 people. You don't know who's loyal until... They've had the chance to be disloyal. They will stand beside you. They will hold up your arms. They'll pat you on the back. They'll give you gifts. But you don't know until they've had the chance to be disloyal. And the chance to be disloyal is an opportunity. Listen to me, guys. To be loyal. And when somebody comes and they want to. Loyalty. 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 And he's promoted. And he's put in the right place. Okay? I preached kind of long. I'm sorry. Daniel, I'm going to close with this. 
I said I was going to close about 30 minutes ago, didn't I? I really am closing. I will be through when I am through. Uh, Daniel, I will be through. I will be through. <laughs> I will be through by supper. I promise. How they used to say it, you'll beat the Baptist to the, but it was supper table. We know I will be through right here in, in five minutes. In fact, if somebody plays something, I'll, I'll, I'll be through faster. You help me. Isn't it funny? This great music. Isn't it how music gets in your head? I've got, I got a pastor friend. You know, we, we couldn't be more different and more alike. We're different color. He grew up inner city, Cincinnati. He called me the other day. He calls me, and he, he didn't call me. He left one of those messenger uh, messages, and it was just him singing. And I thought, that's so weird, you know. <laughs> pastor Gary, I listened to him, and he, just, he said, God is watching over you. God is watching over you. He just kept singing. And, and my wife Bobby said, come here, I need you to. I said, well, I'm going to listen to the end of it. I didn't know it was four minutes long. And I, it was the only thing he said. But about two minutes into it, I started hearing it. It's like, God is watching over me. God is watching. You get a song. I'm, I'm like a person that just, you know, everywhere I go, I just I, a song gets stuck on me. I was putting my clothes on and I was singing, you know. You make me feel like a natural woman. And I was like, what in the world is going on? Oh, I, I, my wife had been singing it. I walked by her and I picked it up. You know, you pick up things. So I had to combat that like, it's a man's world. And uh, Rebuke that, rebuke that. But the reason the swarming locusts were destroyed in 1874, let me show you this. This is how this is how it happened. We didn't have everything. We didn't have co-ops. We didn't have help. This is the way our, our, our nation recovered. We're talking about restoration. You will restore. Is that a season changed? And it was such a harsh, cold winter that it destroyed all those bugs and their ancestry. Who needs a season change? Daniel 2, verse 20 says, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His. And He changeth the times and the sea, deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with Him. He will change the season. He can change the season. Can I pray over you right now? Can I pray? Come on, just stand to your feet. Come on, we're going to receive something right now. I don't know what God's will is. I do. I read it this morning. I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. If you want God to restore the years that the locusts have eaten, just put your hands up like this. Palms up right now. Just put your hands up like this. Restore those years. The harvest of that year that I missed out. It might have been my own fault. But God said, I'll still restore it because you're mine. You're my child. In the name of Jesus, we come before you right now, God. If there's sin in our life, Lord God, we repent of it. We repent of it. We ask you to forgive us, Lord. We ask you to change us. We ask you to transform us right now according to the blood of Jesus. It's not by our goodness. It's by your